I'm Spencer Levy, and this is The Weekly Take. Coming up on this episode, we're taking an agile approach to the workplace. Real estate is an exercise and portfolio strategy is an exercise of matching the supply with the demand. It's an exercise of butts in seats. And the more the number of butts is changing, right, the more difficult it is to adapt. That's Christelle Braun, a structural engineer who's now the leader of CBRE's agile real estate practice in the Americas. As we speak about agility, their ability to work out of hub office, their ability to work out of an agile office closer to their home, their ability to work out of home as we've seen you know, in this period, uh, all of that adds to productivity. That's Manish Kashyap who oversees CBRE's team of more than 2,000 professionals across 15 countries in the Asia Pacific region. Two movers and shakers in the world of dynamic, nimble, optimizable commercial real estate. The Agile Workplace, next on The Weekly Take. This is The Weekly Take, and today I'm delighted to be joined by my colleagues and friends, Christelle Brond, CBRE's Agile Practice Leader in the Americas, from her home in New York City, and Manish Kashyap, CBRE's Global Head of Advisory and Transaction Services, Agile, calling in from his home base in Singapore. Christelle, Manish, welcome. Thank you, Spence. Thank you. Christelle, I know you're talking to us today from New York City, and... Uh, terrible tragedy of uh, not just COVID-19, but uh, the uh, events uh, following the uh, the terrible events of Minneapolis a few days ago, uh, protests. Could you tell us what's going on right now uh, in uh, New York City? A lot is going on in the streets of New York right now. You know, New Yorkers are resilient. Um, and so peaceful protests during the day, but, but New Yorkers are here and supportive and doing well. Well, glad to hear that you're doing well, and uh, New York is nothing but resilient. Manish, you're speaking to us from Singapore. I understand that Singapore uh, had opened the doors, closed them, but they reopened them again uh, as recently as this week. Tell us a little bit about what's going on right now with COVID-19 in Singapore. Yeah, so it's uh, it's encouraging as to what's going on with Singapore now. Uh, we've just reopened, though it's partial. Uh, we feel confident that in the days to come, uh, there will be... Uh, improvement in the way we can all go back to work. Um, and I think uh, as we look around APAC, uh, the stories are really encouraging. You know, China is back at work for the most part. Uh, you know, and then if you look around uh, the other markets, uh, Japan's back at work. Australia is looking at going back to work in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and then Hong Kong, Vietnam, Korea, uh, all of them are generally back at work. So if, if I'm reporting from sunny Singapore, given the circumstances and what the world is going through, uh, the news is optimistic and somewhat sunny. So let's, let's talk about this word agile. Christelle, let's start with you. What is agile space? So the definition of agile, looking back in the dictionary, right, is the ability to move quickly and easily. We see workplace flexibility or fluidity lease optionality or co-working as various tool and a toolkit to achieve real estate agility. Um, this is not the end all be all. The agility itself is really about the, the agility of their real estate footprint and portfolio. I think Crystal described it really well. Uh, to me, uh, if I was to add on, agile is an umbrella term, you know, which includes both workplace environments and space agreement structures uh, that enable uh, you know, firms to achieve organizational objectives. Flexible space solutions such as co-working or serviced offices 
Uh, and then as you think beyond that for workplace design solutions uh, and optionality in lease contracts, uh, these are some ways to achieve agility. In our view, there isn't a silver bullet that any of these things provide you know, by itself. Uh, for most companies or for most of the organizations that we're dealing with, it's a combination of these uh, or depending on where we are in the economic cycle, uh, you're choosing one path or the other. So let me give you another term here that we use, and the term is fluid. Mm-hmm. And fluid as, is distinct from agile. So Christelle, can you tell us the difference between agile and fluid? Um, I would use the term fluid for a workplace, right? You're fluid in the way you work and you're fluid in the way you move from one space to another and you can work from home one day, you can be on the road another day. And so I define fluid as a continuous of states and space you could be working. So how does that differ by industry? Is there an industry distinction between how a tech company, say, looks at agile and maybe a law firm? Yeah, so I think, Spence, this is the way I would think about it. I think it's fair to say that uh, a lot of the companies that have been associated with taking up agile space, you know, have been at the forefront of the tech sector. However, if we step back, uh, industries of firms that are, are looking at high volatility in their headcount, you know, that's sort of like the starting point. Uh, seeking speed of delivery, you know, they want solutions quickly or, and or are looking at saving upfront cost. And in this economic environment where a bunch of companies are constrained on CapEx, uh, I think there's real sort of uh, movement towards uh, the uh, agility. And this isn't restricted to tech. Uh, We've seen all sectors, it's it's a pretty secular trend now, Uh, media, professional services, financial services, banking, uh, all of them are now looking increasingly at agility. Uh, I would say in, in the last year or two, we've also seen some really traditional industries, you know, like consumer goods, pharma, et cetera, uh, also take uh, or, or make big moves uh, into the agile sector. Yeah, I'm going to get a little nerdy here. Manish said something very, very important. He, he pointed the term headcount volatility. And this is really important because that's the key driver. So what do we mean by headcount volatility? We mean fluctuation in headcount and, and, and rapid fluctuation in headcount, right? Real estate is an exercise and portfolio strategy is an exercise of matching the supply with the demand. It's an exercise of butts in seats. And the more the number of butts is changing, right? The more difficult it is to adapt, especially when you sign seven, 10, 15 year releases. Right? And if you think about the tech industry, they've had massive volatility. Even steady blue chip tech companies have like 10 or 15% volatility from year to year. You're taking a tech startup, they're at 50%, 100% volatility and change of headcount every other year. What kind of 10 year, 15 year lease allows you to change like this? None. So they have turned to number one workplace, density change, sharing desk, right? Because they couldn't change the footprint fast enough. So they made the footprint more elastic. Let me jump in here for a second because yes. I push, I'm going to push back on you for a minute. Please do. Because the best companies I know are most focused on productivity, about the workers being happier. So is agile about cost savings or is it about 
having the most productive, happiest employees you can? Uh, well, uh, I think, Spence, you know, the focus on cost has always been there. Uh, I don't think agile solutions would work without the employees being more productive uh, and indeed for them, there being more life choices. So as we speak about agility, the, uh, you know, Christelle touched on this earlier, their ability to work out of a hub office, their ability to work out of an agile office closer to their home, uh, their ability to work out of home as we've seen, you know, in this period, uh, all of that adds to productivity. So Christelle, is it about cost savings or is it about productivity? I am the cynical in the team. <laughs> this is first and foremost about cost effectiveness. Now, in an environment when you're fighting for talent, you need to be competitive and talent attraction and retention is really important. Um, and therefore, you, you are going to provide that environment. Now, we're in the COVID-19 moment today. Uh, obviously, people are cost conscious. What trends have accelerated in the agile workspace because of COVID-19? The acceleration we're, we're seeing right now is definitely um, on everybody's lips. Work from home is something we're hearing a lot. Um, the other one we're starting to hear to is hub and spoke. Are any of them um, gonna stick? Your guess is as good as mine. I think we're in a very temporary state and we need to, to wait and see to figure out. I think work from home was always an option, but I think there was there were still a bastion of people who were still reluctant to adopt it. They thought they couldn't and they realized they could. Now, I don't see it as a binary thing. It's not either you work in the office or you work from home. There's a whole continuum and spectrum of ways you can work. And it's where like the fluidity comes along. And I, and I think we'll end up in a balance somewhere in the middle. Spence, if I may jump in, the companies in, in this environment are very reluctant to make long-term commitments. You know, we're seeing that with a bunch of conversations with our clients. They don't know which way you know, the business is headed in the next year or two, let alone, you know, the next five or 10 years. So there is built-in volatility in the, in the way forward. As Christelle alluded to, you know, this whole trend around core and flex, uh, having a core office and then having, uh, you know, offices, you know, closer to people's homes in the suburban districts or giving employees uh, flexibility to be able to come in and work from different uh, offices uh, around the city, uh, I think is again seeing uh, momentum. And the third, we spoke about this earlier too, uh, many companies are very, very reluctant uh, to spend money on CapEx. You know, they are all in cash preservation mode. And because of all of this, we think, uh, you know, there'll only be an acceleration in this um, process uh, for uh, the desire for agility. There's this author I really like, um, Adam Grant wrote this book, um, Power Moves, where interviewed people in Davos. And it used to be that the world had two main power, political power and economics. And those were the people who were in Davos. And now there's a third category that came in, which is the power of networks. And, and I think that'll be interesting to see how companies, employees, and real estate will harness that notion of networks and power of networks and how Hub and Spoke is a way to knit that network and how it will be achieved will be a really interesting. 
I don't think we're going to see the large suburban campuses coming back, but but there there's definitely a pull towards that that spoke notion and that network notion. And uh, Spence, just to carry on from where Crystal left off, the other thing that we are hearing anecdotally, we are hearing from companies that people who've got used to working from home are actually beginning to demand that there should be a spoke or a smaller office closer to their home. So they don't necessarily want to work from home, but they want to be able to go somewhere more convenient uh, than you know going all the way into the CBD. And I think this trend, Spence, will perhaps catch on more in cities that have very long commutes. Well, I, I agree with you that the acceleration in the desire for agility is going to be here. But a lot of people are talking negatively today about flex space, co-working space. I think, well, they might have a short-term problem, but I think long-term, the case has been made for how important they are. Do you agree with that, Christelle? 200% Spencer. Absolutely. Tell me, do you see a world where company are reverting back to growing one or 2% steadily for a fair period of five or 10 years? Is it the world that is awaiting us? Because in a world where you have a lot of fluctuation, right? Every aspect of an organization, they've tried to variableize their cost. Even cloud computing, right? Even data centers have been variableized in some ways. And office real estate was the only areas that was still not there, right? And so as long as our company are gonna be fast paced, are gonna change rapidly, they're gonna need for a solution that is short term, easy, fast and low in capital. I want to make another point here. You know, I think there is a lot of noise in the system, as you alluded to, uh, around what's going to happen to the future of these companies in the co-working sector. I think the way to think about this is, uh, you know, the supply side is going to be difficult to estimate what happens, uh, which is, you know, which companies survive, which companies don't survive. Uh, And I think it's uh, something that will be perhaps more clear in the next six or 12 months. However, I think we are all agreed on uh, the fact that the demand side will be much stronger. And if there is much more demand for agility, the supply side in a period of time will figure itself out. But let me turn this now to a capital markets question, if I can. Um, As you know, I'm a capital markets guy by heart, um, and I get concerned at times with the agile workplace. If we have too many short-term lease commitments, uh, it may be make the office building business more challenging in the future uh, to finance it. Uh, Christelle, what do you think? Um, this is a very valid question, Spencer, and, and a question that the industry is still grappling with. Um, in, in some aspects, having flex in your building can make your building more attracted to tenant and, and arguably impact the value. In some other ways, um, definitely the industry is figuring out that specific flex space. What should the cap rate be? Will there be an impact on it? The lenders obviously are concerned about short-term cash flow. Um, this is still in flux, but this is something that the hotel industry has been able to solve. Um, this is something that the multifamily residential rental industry is being able to solve. So I, I don't think it's something that is impossible for us to solve. Manish, what's your point of view on what this does to the value of buildings? Yeah, I think, Spence, this will go back to, um, you know, the traditional sort of way of viewing valuations, which is the tenant covenant. 
So if the Agile service provider is a strong tenant covenant uh, and has the ability to ride out you know, the volatility in the market, and a lot of the hotel companies are based on the same principles, uh, I think the valuers will figure out a way on how to uh, look at the valuations for the portion of the building occupied by Agile providers. But let me, let me, let me cut to the chase here. Yes. And I'm going to use one word, culture. If you have short-term space, employees who are never in the office together, how do you create the culture for your company that gives you a competitive advantage? Manish, what's your point of view? <laughs> well, uh, Spence, my point of view is that part of the culture is the ability to uh, work from different offices and not be tied down to one office. That itself represents a culture of flexibility and openness that companies might not have demonstrated in the past. So, you know, culture is, is a moving part. So how do you define culture? You know, culture isn't defined by just bringing in people into one office space and then getting them to sort of drink the Kool-Aid. Uh, I think culture is defined in many ways. And one of them is, uh, you know, creating more options for the employees. Well, I think that's definitely one way to define culture. Another way to define culture is everybody hangs out in the same space and learns from one another. As a matter of fact, I would argue, Manish, just to push back just a touch, the tech companies seem to be at the forefront of this uh, in the last few years of telling people to come back to the office, not to have flexibility. Now are you telling me that the pendulum has firmly swung the other way? Is that what you're saying, Manish? No, I'm not saying that, Spence. Uh, you know, it might seem like I'm hedging. I'm not. All I'm saying is that the option of working from home or the option of working from other offices is only an option. The companies will continue to want people to come back to the hubs in some manner or form. So th th this is all about optionality. And as Christelle said much earlier in the conversation, this isn't a binary conversation. So the average cost of real estate for the average company in the United States varies between 3 or 4% in cheap markets, up to 9 or 10% of total cost in markets like San Francisco or New York City. So would you say that the drive towards variableization is greater in the more expensive markets and less important in the less expensive markets? Absolutely. Yeah. So Manish, let's talk about this for a second in terms of market by market. Manish, you have a global view. How, for instance, would the concept of agile differ, say, in Singapore, where you're sitting right now, versus, say, in London? Spence, I think uh, there is, as Christelle just said, there is parts to agility that is defined by the cost of real estate in cities. You know, so therefore, you know, whether it's London or New York or Hong Kong, you know, there is, there is a, a certain pattern in terms of what companies are looking for. Uh, and then there is uh, the whole culture piece. You know, what is acceptable in certain cultures uh, in terms of sharing uh, and flexibility uh, which might or might not be acceptable in certain other cultures. There's also privacy. You know, it's interesting, Spence, that as we've, you know, seen the launch of uh, apps that enable people working in these work environments, uh, you know, to order in food or to be participating in community activities, etc. There are certain cultures in Asia that are a lot more accepting of that and many other cultures in the Western world that see those as intrusive because it's also collating and collecting personal data. So, you know, all of this sort of plays into uh, how um, agility is sort of defined in different markets. One thing we see in the numbers is that the cities in the United States that have the largest inventory um, of flex space, like cities like San Francisco or New York with 4%, when most of the other cities are 2%, you see it because they have a very low level of vacancy. 
and good luck getting any expansion or contraction option from any of the landlord. So companies are landlocked, they can't sign short-term leases and they're flocking and the demand for flex space is there. So let me ask the last question here, Christelle in New York City and Manish in Singapore. The sky is now clearing, at least to some degree, on COVID. We may be getting outside soon. What is the first thing you're going to do once you're allowed to go outside and have some fun when this is over? I can't wait to go back to shows and museums and exhibits. And I have been missing and craving art in the city and the art scene in the city. Manish, what are you going to do? <laughs> uh, I have a, a very boring answer, but they both revolve around the family. Uh, so, you know, I want to hit our favorite restaurant here in Singapore with my wife and our, our daughter. You know, we haven't been able to do that for three months. So we'd love to do that. And the second one is that I've realized through this period, uh, my parents who are locked up in India, as to how difficult it is for older people to connect socially because they are tech challenged. And the fact that they can't meet anybody is really, you know, weighing on them. Uh, so when all this opens up, I'd like to be able to visit them real quick. Well, that's a very nice answer, Manish and, and Christelle. And, uh, I How would about note... you, Spence? Well, what I want to do is I want to do what I did with Manish five years ago in Tokyo is hit a karaoke bar and sing We Are the Champions uh, until late into the evening. And I want everybody to come. Visiting uh, family, friends uh, always takes the top of the list, but maybe karaoke takes number two. So on behalf of The Weekly Take, uh, this is Spencer Levy, delighted to be joined by my friends Manish Kashap and Christelle Braun. Thank you very much on behalf of The Weekly Take. Thank you, Spencer. Thank you, Spence. It's been a pleasure to be part of this. For more information, go to CBRE backslash The Weekly Take. Until next time, I'm Spencer Levy. Be smart, be safe, be well. <laughs>